You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out the fallout of Week 17, the updated playoff picture. Our power rankings will be up, and later we'll have our early picks there for Week 18, our first ever Week 18 in the NFL. Some of you might be playing fantasy football into Week 18. We'll still be with you there to break things down in detail, and you might want to try your hand at DFS if your season's over, whether you've won a championship or finished in second place, you might want to go for a little bit more action. So we'll keep breaking it down for you here in week 18, and uh, we also will follow through the playoffs because we know fantasy football continues there for some of us there with the smaller slate of games. So we will keep bringing it to you with the game analysis all the way through Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles, but we have to look at what happened in week 17. What a wild and wacky week. Some massive performances here carried the day and carried some teams. And we'll break all those down for you, our reactions to that and what it means here in the short term and in the long term. So we'll do that. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right. We'll hit five games in every segment. We still have one game left here to close week 17. That's the Brown-Steelers game. So still some things left in the balance for some of you out there if you have Nick Chubb or Deontay Johnson. So we'll come back and look at that tomorrow. Let's start in Buffalo here from Sunday. The Falcons and Bills played. And Falcons had some luck early. Josh Allen was pretty sloppy passing the ball here. It was not very good weather. So a couple interceptions for Josh Allen. He makes up for it with 80 yards on the ground and a couple touchdowns there. So we'll start with the Bills side of things. It was definitely disappointing for the Bills passing game, but luckily Josh Allen came through that way with the two scores. He was the second leading rusher on the team, however, to Devin Singletary. Big game for Devin Singletary. Really established himself as the lead back here for three straight weeks. So another type of guy that just emerged in the playoffs. We're debating Zach Moss and Matt Breida. This was a backfield devoid, and all of a sudden they ran with Singletary, and the results have been very good, and the matchups have been fantastic as well. So big games from Singletary, three games in a row, one of those playoff heroes for sure in fantasy football. So, yeah, the Bills have a running game, and I think that's going to help them in the playoffs. They're right now the number four seed in the AFC. They could drop to number five there if they give up the division lead to the Patriots there in week 18. But motivated to play here, so they got uh, definitely a division title on the line here in week 18. So one of those teams that will be starting the regular players there to get it done in their matchup against the Jets. Now, let's go to the Falcons side of things. Uh, not very good for Cordell Patterson. Uh, they got Mike Davis involved. It was sloppy weather. It was Davis type of game, not for a gadget type hybrid player. So Davis gets uh, only 42 yards rushing and a touchdown, eight carries. So not a lot of work there, but we'll see how this backfield goes next year. Uh, Mike Davis came over as a backup uh, from the Panthers and didn't get the lead role with Patterson there. Patterson getting older, so it could be a one-year thing. So we'll see. The Falcons might be 
drafting him back. Something to look there. And Kyle Pitts, a uh, little bit of hamstring injury. He looked pretty good here, but I think he'll have a big second year. Calvin Ridley coming back would be huge to deflect coverage attention from him, but you could Kyle Pitts. I think he's pretty good. He just wasn't that takeover tight end you're looking for, like a Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey that can really carry your team. Maybe that's coming there. The next step of this offense here under Arthur Smith with Matt Ryan. He's always a year two type of guy. I would assume Matt Ryan for now is going to be starting quarterback. So something to watch there in Atlanta. But a low scoring game. Allen saves the day on the ground. But definitely Stefan Diggs, the wide receivers, were the biggest disappointment here for Buffalo. Let's move on to Chicago where the Giants and Bears hooked up. And really, I can sum up the Giants in one word, Barkley. That was it. Saquon Barkley goes over the century mark in rushing, but the Giants didn't even try to win this game. They didn't have uh, Kadarius Toney. We know Sterling Shepard is long gone. Evan Ingram was a very limited re- leading receiver. For a long time, they had one, recep- or one reception and one completed p- pass here by Mike Glennon. So pretty awful performance all around for the Giants. They just have just kind of given up on the season. So that's what it looked like. They handed at least the ball off to Barkley a lot. It was a very quiet 100-yard rushing game of the day, but nonetheless, that's where Saquon came. So it's good news for Saquon if uh, they can fix some of the other things around in this offense. At least he finished the season healthy, and that's a plus. Now, the other side, uh, it is the Montgomery and Mooney show. That's what we got again here from the Bears. That's all we wanted here. Allen Robinson probably playing his second-to-last game in a Bears uniform. They'll close with the Vikings there in Week 18, but... Andy Dalton started again. He got to hand it to Andy Dalton. He facilitates a lot of things in this offense. So we saw Nick Foles try to do it a little bit last week, and Montgomery was great. But this week, Montgomery's way better. It helped the Giants immediately turned over the ball early in the game. So sitting up on Montgomery with an easy score, he takes over the rest of the game. The game script is all about the running. So Montgomery, again, a strong finish to his season. Can get him some help with... a. Other guys and uh, Justin Fields and this offensive line, I think Montgomery can be special and he should be an RB1, a running back still young and in his prime here for 2022. Darnell Mooney, we know, is going to be the Bears' number one. He already is that player here. With Allen Robinson returning and slowing down, he's not going to be re-signed here. So Darnell Mooney is going to love playing with Justin Fields for a long time. So Mooney is going to be a wide receiver too with a bullet for sure in 2022 as he scores and looks very good doing so playing off Montgomery's running in this game. Chiefs and Bengals what a game this was actually for the Bengals more so than the Chiefs let's start with the Chiefs. Daryl Williams uh, took over the backfield from Clyde Edwards Hilaire he has two touchdowns here Derek Gore also looked good but it was kind of that situation uh, between Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon except Daryl Williams that kind of got the receiving work and the goal line work, while Derek Gore was basically the power back here. So Gore had some nice runs, but Daryl had the couple punch-ins there short. This Chiefs team dominated here, had the 28 points early, had a comfortable lead, but then gave it up big time. And Patrick Mahomes only had 250-some passing here with two touchdowns. He gets a short one to Travis Kelsey here, and the uh, other tight end, Blake Bell, a little bit more involved. So Tyreek Hill was really bottled up. The Bengals protected against him. He was at 40 yards receiving. Miko Hardman had one long catch to lead them in receiving with 53 yards. So the Chiefs offense started grinding. The Bengals played bendo break. They took away the big plays. Travis Kelsey 
was very quiet, but at least he scored on a short touchdown. So it looked like the Chiefs were going to blow them out, and then their offense kind of just stagnated here, and they really didn't do anything, and their defense just completely fell apart in this one. So we've seen the defense fall apart in two of the past three weeks. A lot of their winning streak was based on playing some really bad offenses. Remember, like, Denver and Las Vegas, and then all of a sudden the Chiefs' defense was fixed. Chiefs' defense looked pretty good in this one for a while. Chris Jones was in the face of Joe Burrow, but they just broke down in coverage. They had some very questionable coverage choices, and that's what we saw with Jamar Chase. If you're going to play this dude one-on-one, he's going to destroy you. If you play soft zone, he's going to destroy you because he can run through the defense. He's just that fast, that quick, that dynamic. He has the biggest rookie performance by a wide receiver ever here as constantly he burned them downfield. There are three touchdowns, 266 yards here for Jamar Chase. Just destroyed it. This was the biggest season ever for two guys that played together in college. I think he's justified every reason to reunite him with Joe Burrow. So Jamar Chase, another league winner here. We know that T. Higgins was on fire doing the damage last week when Joe threw for 525. This week, uh, Joe pushes past the 440 mark. So Joe Mixon, not a lot to see there. The game script became negative, and they kind of went away from it. They said, okay, you're going to just keep throwing. You're throwing for 1,000 yards in two weeks uh, pretty much here. So let's uh, let you go loose here. So this is what Zach Taylor really wants to do, throw the football. I think they rein themselves a little bit in depending on game script. But when they have an opportunity to throw nuts like this, and they did that, I think you learned it in the 49ers game. And if you look at that point, they realized, okay, Joe Burrow's healthy. Let's let this kid loose. He's got swagger. He's got Chase. He's got Higgins. He's got Tyler Boyd. Let's do what we do best. And uh, Boyd scores as well in this one. So what a performance by the Bengals that they come back and win, and they win the AFC North. So uh, Bengals are going to be a legit fun offense and one we want to be attached to in fantasy football for many years to come with Chase and Burrow hooking up here so six seven eight years we're going to see a lot of this over and over again in Cincinnati the next matchup we look at is the Raiders and Colts the big surprise in this one was not Hunter Renfro going off I mean Hunter Renfro goes off every week Darren Waller didn't play Foster Moreau you thought had a decent matchup but they went to Zay Jones who breaks through for a hundred yard receiving game here out of nowhere so Zay Jones I don't think he's a long-term solution here I think they're going to still have to look at a, maybe a Jamison Williams in the draft or one of the Ohio State guys, uh, Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. We'll see good opportunity for a rookie outside receiver to thrive. But Zay Jones, for now, is the guy there that uh, produced. And look, I'm not going to chase the box score there, playing the Chargers next week. But something notable there, and it helped Derek Carr produce here. Hunter Renfro, big game to help the Raiders win this one. And Josh Jacobs... Took him a while, but had the 100-yard game of ending a big drought last week. Gets in the end zone this week here. So good performance by the Raiders overall. Still not a great fantasy performance by anyone other than Renfro and really uh, Jacobs and Jones in this game. But just uh, good to see them uh, get off the mat. And they have definitely a meaningful game against the Chargers. A winner take all for the playoffs most likely there. In Las Vegas. So that's going to be a lot of fun on Sunday night in week 18. On the other side, Jonathan Taylor, another good 100-yard game and a score here. But really, Carson Wentz, this has been a big theme here. If a player misses practice all week with COVID-19, 
they're just not as sharp. And that's what we saw. Carson Wentz got extremely lucky on a pop-up pass that should have been intercepted. It became a touchdown pass to T.Y. Hilton. But that was the only highlight of his passing game. They grinded. They were lucky to stay in the game till the end. But the Raiders went in a final Daniel Carson field goal here. So Wentz uh, really dragged down uh, Michael Pittman Jr. There was nothing to see at tight end. So... Last minute being cleared from the COVID list is not an ideal situation for a quarterback, especially one that needs reps to stay warm the way that Wentz does under Frank Reich. So something to keep in mind. And uh, look, hopefully this won't be as big of an issue next year wreaking havoc. We never know. We didn't think it was going to be a big of an issue when we were at the end of 2020 with the practice time missed because of COVID-19. But certainly got to watch that. And again, Wentz uh, didn't come through in this matchup. We didn't like the matchup to begin with really for him, but we thought he was going to facilitate the receivers a little bit better. That did not happen, and Taylor was limited before. Still, another nice game for Taylor. Unfortunately, he didn't smash it the way we thought he could in the last two weeks here during the fantasy football playoffs. All right, let's move on to the Jaguars-Patriots game really quickly, and before we take our first segment here on Lockdown Fantasy Football on Roundup Monday slash Reaction Monday, Jaguars, uh, let's start with them really quick. They get blown out of the building here. The Patriots put up another 50-burger. They did this earlier in the season against the Jets. They also destroyed the Titans in a similar way. Let's look at the Jaguars side of things. Laquan Treadwell, yep, if you had money on Laquan Treadwell being the Jaguars' leading receiver at the beginning of the season, good for you. You probably cashed in big time, but this was just crazy. With the Treadwell, he was making some big plays downfield. Unfortunately, Trevor Lawrence had a lot of interceptions. They were moving the ball quite a bit on the Patriots, but it didn't happen there. Dari Ogunbowale shows that you cannot ignore any running back that gets touches here. The matchup wasn't great, but he scores on a long pass reception. He puts together a decent game rushing and with catching the ball. We know that was his strength here, there uh, whether it was the Bucks or with the Jaguars. And suddenly it was Reichwell Armistead, so it was thrown back to this backfield there post Leonard Fournette immediately before they had James Robinson, so it was kind of a throwback there. But Dare puts up the numbers there that you need. The only Jaguar that can trust a four-touchdown less drought broken by Trevor Lawrence with that play. So not much there, but that was the 10 points the Jaguars had in the game. But otherwise, the Patriots' defense crushed it again with the three more interceptions from Lawrence in this one. Treadwell, I don't think that's going to be a trend. DJ Chark should return healthy next year. I bet Marvin Jones is out of this mix, and uh, LaVisca Chanel Jr., we'll see. He was just an injury riddle. He was seasoned. He was on the COVID-19 list, so it all kind of lined up for Treadwell on top of uh, James O'Shaughnessy not playing the game with a hip injury. On the other side of things, for the Patriots, we liked Mac Jones as a streamer. We loved Mac Jones here, so he gets it done with different guys. It was uh, Jacoby Myers. He scored a touchdown again. That doesn't always happen. We know that. That's a big development. Mack was just pumped up. He was just feeling it. Well, really the Jaguars defense was letting the Patriots do whatever they wanted in this game. They just moved up and down the field running mostly, but Mac Jones gets a troika of TDs here to go to Christian Wilkerson, Wilkerson there. They didn't have uh, any Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Nikhil Harry has been banged up, so they kind of used him more with Kendrick Bourne. Bourne leads the team in receiving yards, but uh, the bigger game goes to Wilkerson here and Myers, who both find the end zone playing off Mac Jones. We knew they were going to open it up a little bit, run heavy and dominate there, but Jones is going to get his opportunities, and that's what happened here with that three TD game. Running backs, uh, 
what I love about the Patriots, you kind of know what they're going to do. So a lot of work early in the game with Damian Harris, scoring touchdowns, doing what he needed to do, following up on the big game there last week against the Bills. Then you knew in garbage time it would be Ramondre Stevenson, if he's available, comes back from the COVID-19 list. He gets to the garbage work for pretty much most of the second half and a lot more. Goes over the century mark with a touchdown as well. So the Stevenson um, and Harris combination with Mac Jones playing off it. We love predictable offenses, and Mac Jones with Josh Daniels was that. Everything in this game pretty much played out to fruition with Gumbo Wale getting the garbage score on the other side for the Jaguars. Now, we will break down uh, the 10 other games here and the reactions from Week 17 NFL Sunday from a fantasy football perspective. We'll get to all of those, I promise here. It is the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit, start eating healthier. Make sure you include a Built Bar into your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By week three of the new year, you might be thinking, was it just not worth it? Where's the chocolate? Built Bars are going to cover you there because they're covered in 100% chocolate. Most of the Built Bars are going to be packed with protein there. 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only 4 grams sugar, and only 4 gram net, net carbs. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or low, high-calorie filled treats and replace them with Built Bar. So when you're craving snack or treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many flavors to choose from. Coconut, almond, peanut butter, brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salty caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming up with new limited time flavors. So check Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com to get in on Built Bar now for the new year. Use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, we'll continue the show looking at the next wave of games and our reactions from Week 17. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football again your first listen every day. We are free and available to you on all platforms. All right, we go to uh, New York from New England here. So all these teams from the East played at home except for Miami. We'll get to that team and that disappointment in a moment. But Bucks and Jets... We did not expect the Bucks to have negative game script here, but if you're playing Tom Brady, you loved it because he goes to 410 yards passing here. The Jets just pulled away and uh, built a big lead here, 24-10. So the Buccaneers had to come all the way back and uh, erase this deficit. So slow start here for Brady. And we'll get into something else that happened in the middle of the game. But Brady ends up with 4-10 and 3. He gets the early touchdown to Mike Evans. The other one goes to Cameron Brait here early. And then the comeback uh, finished by a Cyril Grayson, 33-yard touchdown there, making a catch on the sideline, getting into the end zone. So three scores there for Brady as the Buccaneers avoid a major upset here on the road against the Jets. Rob Gronkowski was the leading receiver 
Mike Evans scored. What happened to Antonio Brown? Well, he was involved and looking good early. He made some long catches. Then at one point he had to go back in the game, and uh, Bruce Arians was telling him to go back in the game. You've already heard this. Antonio Brown refused to go back in the game. The Bucks refused to keep Antonio Brown employed. They cut him in the middle of the game. So he walks off, runs away, takes off his shirt. He's done here in Tampa. So, so sorry if you thought Antonio Brown was going to destroy it in the middle of your fantasy football championship game in a great matchup. He disappears. You can only think about what could have been when you saw the numbers that Brashad Perryman and Cyril Grayson put up in the fourth quarter. Really feel bad about that, but that's Antonio Brown for you. The volatility here. What a rough patch here if you had Antonio Brown. I mean, it was brutal. You had him balling out early in the season, being a big factor in what they were doing. Then the ankle injury, then he had the vaccination card snafu thing that cost him games on top of the ankle. He returns, he started looking good, and then he does this to you in the championship game. So, Antonio Brown, we're done with him in fantasy football. They're probably done with him in the NFL. This is just uh, pretty embarrassing, and that's what happened here in this game. But we'll see. I don't know if I would chase Surreal Grayson or Tyler Johnson. We know Johnson wasn't doing much before this game. They also did involve Perryman. They involved the tight ends. Tom Brady spreading the ball around. He involved Le'Veon Bell. So one former Steeler was still active in helping him win the game here late. So they had Le'Veon Bell and Keyshawn Vaughn catching some passes. So 4-10 doesn't happen very often because the Bucks are not in a negative game script, but that could happen in the playoffs where they're going to shoot out potentially with the Cowboys or Packers or Rams where you have that here. So Brady looks sharp, to, however, without uh, Chris Godwin for the first time. He's had a couple clunkers. So if you needed Brady to come through, he came through big time here for you. And I'm sorry to say Ronald Jones and Vaughn, uh, we thought of based on the game script they were going to destroy it based on the matchup. It did not happen against the Jets this week. So highly disappointing there for the Patriot or Buccaneers running game. Easy to say they're the Patriots when they're playing at the Jets in a game like this in December, but it's Tom Brady and the Bucks. Now, let's go to the Jets side of things. So Michael Carter shot out of a cannon early at a 55-yard run. He set up a touchdown there to Braxton Berrios. He had another catch. It looked like Michael Carter was headed to a big game, but then he got concussed and he got ruled out here. So not long after the big run, uh, he got hurt on a run. So that was it for Michael Carter. Tough rookie year. He had some big moments when he was healthy, but he had the ankle issue that kept him out and the concussion in the middle of the championship game. So those mid-game injuries or things that happen here in these championship games are tough. It happened in one of my leagues. So Michael Carter, I thought, okay, we're rolling here. It was a tough Buccaneers run defense, but they were without Levante David and Shaquille Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. Some chances here for garbage production in the passing game. All that was uh, set up here for him, but Austin Walter had to come in. So And Ty Johnson also had some work. So it's always hard to see what could have been with your player if he had stayed in the game. And that certainly was the case here with Michael Carter. Instead of that early touchdown, they decided to do a trick play to Braxton Berrios. And he got the touchdown instead. So that was annoying. But Braxton Berrios, super sub again for the second straight week. Getting it done on the ground. Last week he was on special teams. Braxton Berrios and uh, Zach Wilson have some uh, special relationship. And we saw that this week. Now, let's uh, flip over to uh, the other last remaining uh, AFC East team. This team was in total clunker mode. We expected a lot more out of the Dolphins. They're red hot. Get They get eliminated from the playoffs. Tua Tagovailoa looks terrible against the Titans. Defense, Devontae Parker had some success, but Jalen Waddle in the smash spot just disappoints here. It was really brutal. 
This is a physical matchup. The Dolphins were not prepared for it, so their passing game really suffered. And we thought on paper this could be a high-scoring game, back-and-forth game. No, it was all Tennessee in this one. The backs come through. Dante Foreman in this running game is dominating. He goes over 130 yards rushing with the score, including a 21-yard run. You had Dontrell Hilliard score as well, setting that up also in the red zone for the passing game. So you had uh, not a lot of volume there for Ryan Tannehill. We liked him, but he gets the two scores, but they're well below 200 yards in this game because really the Dolphins had little resistance. So a lot of running. We didn't expect the game script to be so heavily positive and, and run heavy in favor of the Titans, but that's what it was here with Foreman and Hilliard dominating together. And... The touchdowns went to Jeff Swaim and Anthony Ferkser. So these tight ends were looking for something for the Titans to do all season long. Finally, Ferkser and Swaim do something in the same game. So go figure. You probably didn't start either of them. And uh, really, if you started Foreman, you were rewarded really nicely in this game. If you started Waddle or any of the Dolphins, it was just utterly disappointing. So the Dolphins eliminated. The Titans win the AFC South as the Colts also lose. So... They're taking care of business here, so we'll see if the Titans do have something to play for, however, the number one seed there in Week 18 against Houston, so that should be good for Dante Foreman and the rest of these uh, skill players here, but uh, they'll be judicious if they get a big lead and blow out the Texans there as well with Tannehill and others. We go to the NFC East all matchup here uh, with the Eagles going to the Washington football team. Very slow start for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, touchdownless in this game, so... Jalen Hurts was a fantasy bust. Reality played pretty well here, moving the ball. But, again, it was a grindy game. The Washington football team showed up. It was one of those classic, familiar, low-scoring defensive games here. So, looked good for Devonta Smith for a while. Dallas Goddard led them in receiving here. But, simply, uh, the, the Washington football team let them grind this game away. So, the revelation here was Boston Scott. He scores two short touchdowns here. Gets involved a lot in the passing game, but... Hertz usually gets those type of scores, did not get it in this game. So Boston Scott coming off the bench. They did play Jordan Howard with the Stinger. They gave him some opportunities multiple times at the goal line. He just wasn't effective. Boston Scott was the so-called hot hand. Kenneth Gainwell nowhere to be found. Scott went off here. So if you're playing into week uh, 18, however, keep in mind the Eagles did clinch a wild card spot. They really can't move up beyond six here. So there's not a lot of motivation to play a lot against the Cowboys. So... You might be careful here. They're not going to, of course, risk Miles Sanders here. So, again, you might see a lot of gain well in this game if they really trust Boston Scott on the early side. You might be careful with Smith and Goddard and some of their main guys as well this week as they get it done for the playoff berth in Washington. Washington, uh, late scratch was Antonio Gibson. He had a hip injury all week, but COVID-19 list took him out. So, Jared Patterson, plug and play. You got the immediate dividends he scored in the opening drive. Looked pretty good filling in. He was the only real fantasy football asset. Decent game for Terry McLaurin there catching passes, but uh, overall not much to see there. Really just a low volume, a low upside player in the PPR leagues there. And that's what McLaurin has been. Let's get a quarterback in there. Taylor Heineke did his best, but we need a quarterback in Washington to really facilitate these receivers and get better. And Logan Thomas coming back also will help here in 2022. Let's go to the Rams-Ravens game. The Rams, uh, another sloppy game from Matthew Stafford. He gets the numbers in the end, but still not pretty there if, if you're looking for the big numbers in this matchup against the Ravens. There, let's uh, look at Stafford. I mean, 
the two interceptions that Chuck Clark had them, there was a little bit of physicality and fisticuffs between these two teams, inside these two teams. So a little bit of frustration for sure on both sides for quite a bit in this game. But Matthew Stafford got it going. Cooper Cup scores again, breaks through with a 100-yard receiving to save the day. Odell Beckham Jr. scores on a 7-yard pass as well. Late. It was a very quiet game for him and Van Jefferson. They had a few flash plays, but Tyler Higbee, taking advantage of that uh, Ravens matchup, one of his best games in week. Still not all that spectacular, but it was Cup and Higby mainly using to move the ball here. Sonny Michelle looked really good. Tough matchup for the running game, but they stuck with it. He had some receptions here, which doesn't always happen. A couple catches for Michelle, which is nice, on top of the 70-plus yards rushing and a touchdown that looked pretty good. So they really leaned a lot on Cup and Michelle here down the stretch. They had Cam Akers on uh, the list here to potentially return, but he couldn't be activated. So in the playoffs, he could really pivot to Cam Akers with Daryl Henderson on IR. So a lot of twists and turns here with the Rams' backfield. Michelle finishes strong. So another guy that uh, was a borderline league winner with his uh, usage here down the stretch uh, with Henderson finally breaking down because of attrition here and Akers not ready to return. Now the other side, with Tyler Huntley starting in, Lamar Jackson missed another game here, third straight game. He's out. Huntley returned to start over Josh Johnson. You facilitated Mark Andrews pretty well. Had a good connection with Rashad Bateman. Bateman sometimes got Jalen Ramsey. Sometimes it was Marquise Brown. We didn't like Hollywood at all in this game. But uh, Bateman getting more comfortable there, being more like an all-around number one than Marquise Brown. We thought this transition could happen because Brown is more the speedster. But that's what we're definitely seeing here in Baltimore with uh, that. So uh, Huntley, again, trusts Andrews a lot. Andrews just kept smashing. Unfortunately, no touchdown from Andrews. Pretty good rushing game for Devonta Freeman, Latavis Murray, but no pay dirt there either. There was a lot of field goals, and they couldn't get the final one, losing 20-19. A very Super Bowl 25-esque type score here for the Ravens. Uh, just not a lot of offense that we expected here from this game from the Rams or the Ravens in garbage time. Now, let's uh, go to the other Los Angeles team. This one at home, the Chargers, and uh, they need a big rebound against the Broncos. They got it. Second straight week. Now, talk about league losers. That would be the Broncos' backfield. They had two great matchups in a row against the Raiders and the Chargers, and uh, Javonta Williams and Melvin Gordon. At least Javonta scored last week against the Raiders. This was just atrocious, and we're going to blame one person for this. It's Drew Locke. Drew Locke starting... This is why Vic Fangio and this offense didn't want Drew Locke starting. He's just not great at uh, getting the ball moving here. He looks for the big play here. So the only bright spot here was Noah Fant in the passing game. He had Tim Patrick on the COVID-19 list. Jerry Judy not available. Cortland Sutton looked okay, but Noah Fant was the only trusted receiver. He comes through with a touchdown. We really like the matchup for Fant. He came through. We love the matchup for the running backs after Rex Burkhead went off against Chargers, but... Joey Bosa returned for the Chargers, shore things up, and that's what happened here. But, yeah, let's get a legit quarterback, legit passing game, make Javonta Williams the feature back without Gordon. Let's fix a lot of things in Denver because this is a very frustrating thing, team. You think they could have had a much bigger year for some of their principals. Next year in fantasy football, we're going to look for that. Hopefully they make the right coaching hire. Very untapped team when you look at Judy and Sutton going to be in the mix for a while with Patrick, with Fant. With Williams, so a lot of things to be looking forward to there in this offense for the charter for the Broncos. There for the Chargers, good game for Justin Herbert, big rebound game, 
It was a mess last week. If you survived with Herbert into this week, he gets a couple touchdowns here. One to Mike Williams, one to Keenan Allen. That's always good to see. Austin Eckler has a nice game from scrimmage returning. So we thought that Justin Jefferson would have no volume and value here. That's exactly what happened. So the principles, Eckler, Allen, Williams contribute to not a big passing game for Herbert because they were in full control in this game. So Chargers defense rebounded big time in this one. Special teams, everything looked good here for the Chargers as they push towards the playoff where and they can earn that playing the Raiders there in Week 18. We'll get with the final five games of Week 17 Sunday when our reactions there in our final segment. Hey, fantasy football fans, this is Vinny R with Incredible App. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about it. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use the promo code Touchdown and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use the promo code Touchdown to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people drive a lot or are making as much as two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets right added to your account. You can cash up anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use the promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back in your first tank. That's TOUCHDOWN there for GetUpside. All right, it is time to close this edition of Roundup Monday. It is the last before we uh, flip over to the playoffs. We will do a Week 18 version. More what we'll do with that one is uh, kind of uh, set teams ahead. We've done a little bit here looking forward to 2022, but we'll really put a bow on every team when we do this edition next time. Let's continue the show and look at uh, the 49ers, another California team playing. It was a slow start for this offense. There was not much offense going on here for the first half. But then Trey Lance got comfortable. He ran around a little bit, got a touchdown there to Eli Mitchell. Eli Mitchell returned, and it was pretty much Jeff Wilson was gone. So just like the Eckler-Jackson situation, Eli Mitchell returned. Elijah, the rookie there, looked good here. They gave him the backfield. He goes over to century mark rushing. We expected that against the Texans after Jackson destroyed them last week. So good game here for him, and he scores on a short touchdown pass to really boost his value here as an RB1. So we're going to see if Mitchell's the guy next year. It could be Trey Sermon. I don't know if he's going to be one-hit wonder. His durability was a little bit questionable this year. So we'll watch what happens in the 49ers backfield. He comes through. Lance runs a little bit. Then Lance gets another touchdown later in the game to Debo Samuel. So if you're worried about Samuel, he finally came through. You did have to worry about George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. Kittle only had one catch in this game for 29 yards. So, yeah, so Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, George Kittle, that chemistry was missed in this game. Same thing with Ayuk and these other receivers. We'll see if Jimmy Garoppolo can return from his right thumb injury. They play the Rams with a playoff berth on the line there in Week 18. So we'll see how that plays out. But looking at... Uh, Lance here showed some of his upside in this game for sure. A couple touchdowns, some rushing totals here. Did have an interception here, but Trey Lance did tap into what he could do for this 49ers offense with this, these weapons, and a good to see there. And a good performance by the defense as well. Late to uh, shut things down against Davis Mills, who was a bit disappointing. It looked good early for Davis Mills. They were moving the ball. They got a touchdown from Brandon Cooks in the first half. Cooks was busy. Then the 49ers tried to take away Cooks, and it was hard for... Mills to find anyone else there. So Mills and Tua were two of the more disappointing players here. Not even any garbage time production here from either 
player in their respective blowout games on the road. Now let's look at uh, the Cardinals-Cowboys game. This was a marquee game in the 425 p.m. Eastern Time window. We weren't sure about Kyler Murray, but maybe a reverse thing that happened with Kyler Murray. He comes through, he uses his legs, he has a couple of touchdowns here. So Kyler Murray was on point. The big thing that happened here, good receiving numbers there when he overall decent. No one really broke out big time. That's what you expect when they spread it around. Christian Kirk and A.J. Green around the 70 yards receiving. Zach Ertz being involved as well. The guy that was the touchdown scorer was Dante Wesley. There's been some love of Dante Wesley for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. There's the style of the receiver he is, a big target, goes up and gets it. He scores a couple touchdowns. The Cowboys had no answers for this guy. So Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, this defense just kind of was methodically beat up by the Cardinals. Decent game for Chase Edmonds from scrimmage, but he can't get a touchdown. James Conner did not play in the game, so... Again, decent around, but Dante Wesley with the pay dirt. So if you played him on a dart throw in a DFS, knowing that he was getting more involved, you were very handsomely rewarded here with big return on investment here. And Kyler came through with a tough matchup here. Really, the Cardinals were in control for most of this game. The Cowboys did rally late. Uh, Chase Edmonds uh, was saved from getting a fumble against him late in the game, and that pretty much sealed the fate of the Cowboys. Dak did lose a fumble this game, but... Three touchdown passes for him. One goes to Michael Gallup. Gallup unfortunately got hurt right after that score and did not return. The other touchdown went to Amari Cooper. And you also had one from Cedric Wilson in this game. So Dak came back with a fury here. It didn't look good for a while, but three touchdowns for him. So another big multiple touchdown game for Dak. Another great playoff run for Dak Prescott. Just fully healthy here for the fantasy football playoffs. So Dak gets it done. Ezekiel Elliott did not. The game script got out of hand. They were playing from behind pretty early here. And they just forgot about Elliott. Elliott just disappeared, uh, not even breaking 20 yards rushing or 20 yards receiving in this game. So Elliott, rough season for him. I think he dragged down a lot of teams. You were very fortunate if you played fantasy football in week uh, 17, still live with Elliott in your lineup. That's how bad it was here. But disappointment for sure for CeeDee Lamb. You thought he was going to do a lot more. It was good early, but it just didn't look good late here for C.D. Lamb. Part of it was just the grinding here with Dalton Schultz and Amari Cooper and spreading the ball around here for Kellen Moore. But, yeah, Cowboys offense has been an enigma wrapped in a mystery here. They look really good at times and just really go in the tank, and they just didn't have enough here to beat the Cardinals in Week 17. Our next game, uh, staying there, we have three more games to go. 425 window in the NFC. Panthers-Saints... the Panthers stayed in this game with Chuba Hubbard. He exceeded our expectations here with a touchdown. Still not a lot to see there with him and Amir Abdullah out of the backfield. The passing game completely won in the tank with Sam Darnold. Sacked seven times. A couple turnovers there. DJ Moore could never get going in the tough uh, Marshawn Lattimore matchup. So disastrous offensive performance for the Panthers with their struggling offensive line here. In this one, Hubbard was the lone bright spot. If you plugged and played him as an RB2 with no CMC, you got those results here. Now for the Saints here, big defensive performance, as we said, in a lot of leagues. They kept shutting down the Panthers over and over again. For their offense, uh, Alvin Kamara returned, Taysom Hill returned, and that really helped. So Alvin Kamara, he didn't not play last week, but he returned to what Alvin Kamara is. No Mark Ingram, he was ruled out with a knee injury, so that also helped. Kamara dominated here, receiving and running and scoring here in this game. Taysom Hill 
looked pretty good in this game. Uh, they didn't really do a lot, but good rushing performance from him. Good passing yardage is there. But he did get the passing touchdown to Kamara here in this one. So not a bad game at all for Hill. They just didn't need to do a lot with uh, the Panthers doing not much. Big game for Marquez Callaway receiving, nearly 100 yards receiving. So two out of the last three weeks playing with Taysom Hill right around the century mark. They have a good chemistry. The matchup also turned out to be really good here with uh, no Stephon Gilmore and C.J. Henderson a little bit banged up. So liked Callaway late as the development happened that Gilmore wasn't playing and he came through there with nearly 100 yards in the game here with some nice big catches downfield. I think they have something in Marcus Callaway for sure. If he flashed in the preseason with James Winston, look better with Hill. We'll see what they do, but they need to go get legitimate number one as Michael Thomas is no longer reliable. With their number one, I think Callaway would be a great deep threat there on the outside. And no Traquan Smith in this game also helped his usage there with a little Jordan Humphrey. All right, let's go to Seattle. This is the second team that scored 50 points. Let's get Seattle out of the way first. Rashad Penny, yeah, this guy was a league winner. If you look at the last two weeks, he just absolutely destroyed it here in great matchups. Ran all over the Bears. Ran all over the Lions from the get-go. He had a massive first quarter. He was already at 75 yards rushing. He gets near 200 in the end, 173. Two scores for Penny. Where was this offense from the Seahawks? Oh, yeah, they weren't playing the Lions all the time. Lions pretty much gave up in this game. The Seahawks were just moving the ball at will in this game. That included DK Metcalf. So DK Metcalf all of a sudden came alive in the fantasy football playoffs. Three touchdowns for DK from Russell Wilson. Maybe trying to sell Russell Wilson. Hey, you want to stay here? You got Rashad Penny. Maybe we'll pick up his option or re-sign him or do something here. Penny looks good. This is why he was a first-round pick. The Seahawks were trying to sell this to us. He just hasn't been healthy here. So... Again, maybe with Penny and uh, Tyler Lockett scoring, and might reconsider. This might be a good combination here. But Metcalf, again, four touchdowns in the last two games of the season. So we wish he had spread the wealth around and been a little bit more active. But, again, the matchups have been really good here for the Seahawks. A little stretch was tough here for them for their schedule for sure, why they didn't make the playoffs. So Russell Wilson, a big game here with uh, four scores for Russell. So, again, uh, the Seahawks did whatever they wanted, and Penny and Metcalf were the stu- absolute studs here in this game. So if you had either in your lineup, you probably won your fantasy football matchups here in Week 18 and won a championship. Now, on the other side of things, Amon Ross St. Brown, another league winner. I mean, this guy was the definition of a fantasy football playoff stud. Three massive games right in the window, and it didn't matter. He had Jared Goff for the first one, Tim Boyle for the last two, didn't matter. Even Ross St. Brown, they loved him so much, they got him a rushing score in this game. Even with DeAndre Swift back, he gets another passing score. So what a run for the rookie Amon Ross St. Brown here in the last three weeks. I mean, all lined up perfectly. The other receivers were down. Reynolds and uh, Khalif Raymond were on the list here. You had T.J. Hawkinson out. Uh, long gone with Quintus Cephas. So everything, the perfect storm for Amon Ross St. Brown. And he has been awesome. And what a end of the season again another league winner type player here definitely when you look at his body work in the final three weeks in the matchups he got now let's end on uh, Sunday night football if you were counting on anything for the Vikings uh, this one uh, yeah didn't happen uh, KJ Osborne did come through with a touchdown but he was the only scorer here Justin Jefferson was contained for most of the game partly because Sean Mannion was starting at quarterback that was the breaking news that happened where 
Kirk Cousins was the COVID-19 list. This changed the entire outlook for the Vikings. Mannion, big arm, but that's about it. He couldn't keep it going. The Packers' defense motivated to lock down the number one seed. So not much to see here at all. So bad game here for the entire Vikings offense. Dalvin Cook didn't even break 20 yards rushing, and they just took him out of the game. They're completely in nothing there. So Dalvin Cook, a league loser here, as well as Justin Jefferson, and not their fault here with uh, Sean Mannion dragging down the entire offense. And a tough matchup on the road in cold conditions. 10 degrees, they kept flashing that stat in Lambeau Field. Uh, didn't affect the Packers, however. They looked good. Uh, we had Al Mazard score a touchdown. You had uh, Devontae Adams. So Aaron Rodgers didn't really need to really smash this game because of the control. But A.J. Dillon looked good. Aaron Jones looked good. Everything was clicking in the Packers' offense as they put away in the Packers' defense. A big performance as well in this game with Rashawn Gary and company totally destroying the Vikings up front. So still, again, uh, we wanted some resistance. That kind of hurt some of Aaron Rodgers' numbers there. If Kirk Cousins was in there, it might have been a little bit back and forth here. But uh, the Packers blow the Vikings out of the building. And their principles here, Cook and Jefferson, did not come through in fantasy football. In fact, it was more of Tyler Conklin and K.J. Osborne. So... The complimentary players, unfortunately, with a complimentary quarterback, are going to be the ones that come through, and that's what happened in this game. So there you have it, your reaction uh, to all the things that happened here in Week 17 from Sunday's action. We'll briefly break down Brown Steelers. We'll look at the final uh, kind of look at the waiver wire plug-and-plays for Week 18 that you can look at there if uh, teams are resting across the board, which should be the case with a lot of things wrapped. Up, so we'll break that down for you tomorrow with uh, another Pickup Tuesday, our final Pickup Tuesday of the season. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Lockdown Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Lockdown Bets, hosted by you boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available for you on all platforms. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Hope you had a good Week 17 in Fantasy Football. Good luck in the game tonight if you need something there, and we'll catch you there as we flip the script to Week 18.